Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, February 23, 2023. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? What we're going to do is our normal garden variety assessment of the daily chart and we'll also expand our view up and we'll expand our view down in time frames. Mrs. Market does have a bit of shenanigans working right now. The first thing we notice is yesterday they came up short officially of the 50 period moving average. Today they spike it through and rip it back up in the other direction. Where have you heard that before? We have a specific trade that we do that with in the SPY, in the ES contract, in the live room, not necessarily every day, but we at least A, discuss it, and B, have opportunities many days on that spike the low and rip it back up in the other direction. Keep this in mind, and this is from the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. All charts act and react the same way. Doesn't matter whether it's a five-minute chart a daily chart, a weekly chart, or anything in between, they all do the same stuff. Put that on a sticky note. We will also note that into the 50 period moving average between yesterday and today represents an on-time type of situation. What else does it represent? It represents from recent low to recent high, the place they went to represents within pennies, a 50% retracement of that particular move. They've retraced half the move from the low point to the high point, halfway home. What they haven't done yet is haven't come into the downsloping trend line. Does that mean anything in particular? Well, it can mean somewhat of a bullish type behavior. However, there's a couple of caveats. A, just because they bounced at the 50 period moving average doesn't mean they can't come right back down to that trend line. That's number one. Number B is there's no specific ordinance from, let's say, the Planning and Zoning Commission that they have to come down and touch the trend line. The way we use the trend line, and this comes from the weekly chart, for those of you that may be new or don't remember, As long as they're above this trend line, the tape is bullish. It also coincides with the 20-period moving average. They don't have to come test the trend line, but on a test, we would do what? We would expect a bull-bear battle at that trend line. Tape is bullish above. It turns bearish below. We're going to call the trend line Irene. One of the traders in the live room brought that up this morning. So we're going to call the trend line Irene. Why is that? Because breaking below Irene can open up the trap door for a quick leg lower. And we said this last night, and I'll say it again, something like a give or take of 100 S&P handles. Could be more, could be less, but that's kind of on the board should they break below the trend line and the trap door open. The first real bonafide place they would go to is about a hundred handles lower. We don't know whether they will 
or will not get below the trend line. Here's a curveball. What if I did this? What if I took the same chart, I removed the trend line we've been looking at, I put in a different trend line, and I said, hey, can this be a head and shoulders inverse pattern? And the answer is, yes, it is. It doesn't really make that much of a difference because the other trend line makes sure or ensures that the market stays bullish. However, there's little space in between this particular trend line, which is holding, and the one below that we used on the other chart, this one. Now you see I've overlaid the two trend lines. They're very close to each other, and frankly, it makes no difference. I like the lower one. I like the trend line from the actual high. I like the one that intersects currently with the 20-period moving average. That would be the lower one over here, the one we've been talking about since the beginning. However, since one of our traders sent me the ladder or the other trend line, the other head and shoulders inverse pattern, I figured I'd show them both and also point out that I don't really see much of a difference from a conceptual standpoint. Back to the daily chart. So what are we going to say about that trend line and about the market? We're going to say this. Currently, until proven otherwise, they either get above the high of the last breakdown candle in the sequence, that really, at least for the time being, takes this trend line off the table and it turns the tape back into, we're in an uptrend, we just had a pullback. We've been talking about the fact that certainly is one of the possibilities. And above the trend line, that is essentially what we've been looking at. The other thing is, what happens if they just eat time off the clock underneath the high of this breakdown candle and that would make some kind of a bearish flaggish pattern and they can move lower and if they did it for a long period of time you would expect them at that point to necessarily move below that trend line right now they're still hovering above it they just got here a couple of days ago it's not a big deal the longer they would if they did go sideways the less this trend line would be likely to hold price if it went sideways for an extended period of time. Also keep in mind, if she did that, the trend line also at the same time goes lower and lower. So if they went sideways up here, the trend line gets lower and lower, just of note. Let's check out a couple of important things that happened inside the numbers. Let's see if we're any good at this. Let's run through a couple of important things we'll point out. We'll circle back to stocks on the move, and then we'll move it along to other markets. We're waking up a little bit green at zero dark 30. We've got the makings of a bounce back operation. Let's get down to business. 400 is important and will serve as our early pivot. We think better in pictures right of the vertical is today's activity. What does the pivot represent? The pivot represents above the tape is bullish, below the tape is bearish, meaning lower prices below, higher prices above. You can see what happened once they dropped below the pivot. It was curtains for about 35 S&P handles, give or take. Getting above and staying above keeps the door open for 401.75 and more. The upper line is your 401.75. The and more was slightly but that was, in fact, overhead resistance. 
below 400 on candle closes, opens the door, which was the gap left open from yesterday, 398.60 or lower. The lower will be discussed in real time, which it was. We had the phony GDP release, inadvertently called it GPD, doesn't really matter. Maybe it was chat GPD, chat GPT, whatever that thing is. All we need to know is the pivot is 400. Now, nine o'clock, not much change during the pre-market session. Here's the either side morning schematic. Below 400, the door is open for lower. We don't know they will get there, but if they do, it's an opportunity for a bounce back in the other direction, much below, and for more than just a spike, and the door starts to open down towards the same 397 we saw from yesterday. If they stay above 401.75 to 402.50 zone, you could see from the chart they came basically in between. Either or both those numbers can be overhead resistance where Mrs. Market should have a reaction back in the other direction if reached during the morning rush. That post was at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 30 minutes before the market is opened for business. Let's move along, see what else we have as the day gets underway. Reiteration of the same stuff as we're leading to the opening bell. Personally, from a scalp short with potential price area, I particularly liked 402.50. They didn't get there. They came in between. She can still react at 401.75. They came within pennies. I wanted to go higher. That becomes a trader choice type of situation. I can tell you what I'm doing. I can tell you what I'm feeling about the market, what prices I like. This is done in the live room. It's done inside the numbers. You got the zone before the opening bell. They came in the middle of the zone and they gave you the trade downside. We're moving along. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. About 10.04, they're coming down, so we put this on the board. If they spike the low around 475, we'll go back to the chart in a moment, could be the rip it back up in the other direction type trade, higher risk but valid, 400 is still the pivot, which means you had some kind of a safety net behind there. 475 to 400, a little after 10 o'clock. We blew it up a little bit. Here's a three-minute chart, and you can see 475. That's the low we were talking about. They spike the low. They rip it back up in the other direction. On a three-minute chart, doesn't look like much. The high here was 401.30, so they gave you six points, seven points, maybe eight points, maybe six and a half. Whatever traders were able to get out of it, that was the scalp with potential. Then they came back down. They did it again, coming up short of 400. So they gave it to traders with a couple of bites at the apple. The spike the low and rip it back up in the other direction trade. They're not all created equal. We talked about this at length in the room today, the live trading room. Sometimes they're better than others. You have to take a lot of things into account when trading live. What's going on in the tape at the time Is it a viable opportunity? Here are the inputs. They don't always come out with the same output. Not all price levels, not all trades are created equal. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. I gave you a taste test. It's a flavor of what's in here. Each and every day you see it. It's a tour guide of the market. We're providing the best potential that I can see trade setup 
for that quote-unquote morning trade opportunity, and then we have important numbers, and we're able to trade in between the important numbers and around that important, all-important pivot. Stocks on the move. We had four potentials on the board today. All four hit their price objectives, Teladoc, eBay, Bros, and Unity Software. Here's Teladoc getting a haircut at the open. This wasn't the easiest trade on the board. They gave you a bounce at the second level back to halfway home. So if you're painting by the numbers, your average cost is basically where they got back to. So they didn't really give you the deal. They came down to the third, and then they grinded up for the rest of the day. Technically, they gave you the deal. Unfortunately, they made you sweat it out. But nevertheless, the zone slash numbers worked. We don't get to choose the manner in which. We get to choose whether we like the manner in which they did something. We don't get to choose the manner in which they do something. eBay came up short of the first number, bounced away, did it later on, short of the second number by pennies, bounced away. Manner in which, but the numbers work. We did have some participation in the live room in eBay at a lower number after they came down below the first number, but above the second number. Bros, Dutch Brothers, very similar to Teladoc, made you sweat it out. They did the deal from within the zone. Nevertheless, it wasn't the greatest trade on the board, but they found support in the zone where they were supposed to. It's a no harm, no foul situation. Unity. Unity actually did the deal after coming into the second number, bounced back, gave you the base hit, and then some before failing at that second number after doing the deal. Therefore, nobody should have been in this trade after they did the deal at the first number. Doing the deal one more time is getting that 1% give or take on that scalp with potential. That's the base hit we talk about. Once they failed at the second number, the third number, whether you wanted to take that or not, becomes somewhat of a trader's choice. But after they fail at the second After having given the trade, the trade is over. What have we got going over in Camp IWM? Same routine. It's all the same market. We're going to use the same stuff. Last breakdown candle in the sequence, the high is 191.34. Above that, they'll likely get above the 20-period moving average, turn the whole daily chart back to, in the bullish thing, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. We don't know they can, will, or whatever, but what we do know is if they start eating time off the clock sideways without being able to recapture that spot, that would be a bearish signal for a lower move, and that depends on how long they might, if they do, eat time off the clock. By the way, forgot to mention the weekly chart of the SPY today, and this is very interesting. Remember the last breakup candle low in the sequence, 400.28, 400's a pivot over and over again. It's a big fat round number, really important. Well, look what they're doing. Now, we don't know because tomorrow's the close, Friday. However, they're above the 50-period moving average, and they're above that important place. If they close the week above that place, what would we say? We would say they ran a test of the most recent breakup candle low on the weekly chart in the sequence. They spiked it and they bounced back to close above it. That's what we will say if they do that, notwithstanding where the trend line is. It doesn't matter. We're using one thing for this discussion. Again, they don't have to hit the trend line. If they stay above it, it's bullish. If they get below it, it's bearish. 
One more thing of note for those in the lazy swing trader. I would have bought yesterday and today and or today, I would have bought the spiders for a quick swing trade if they hit that trend line or even came close to it. Now, not so sure that even goes into tomorrow. It's unlikely. I would have liked them to come into it on this move down without the bounce that occurred today. However, we did get into a UNG trade, almost picked off the low, and we're up almost 9% on the trade, some a little bit more that we're able to get a little bit lower price. That's in two days. Almost at first target, not quite yet. Think of it like a sniper type situation, just looking for the right price, the right time, the right setup. Doesn't have to be in the S&P, doesn't have to be in a stock, can be an exchange-traded product, can be a commodity, can be a combination of whatever. Had a lot of questions in the live room about UNG over the last several days and weeks. Was quiet about it, didn't want to talk about it much, was waiting on the number. Anything different in the Q people? They're coming up short of their 200 period moving average, sandwiched in between the 20 and 200. Not much we can make out of that. They either have to get above the last breakdown candle high in the sequence, same as we've been discussing, but in this case, they really have to get above the 20 period moving average, above 301 and change to turn this thing back to A, filling the gap, and B, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. Until that happens, it's essentially a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing going on. The financials, XLF, hovering around that 50 period moving average, a flat day, nothing doing, flat day for the last couple of days. What they are doing is eating time off the clock. So there's no change in the structure on the chart, but they're eating time off the clock, which means A, they haven't bounced yet off the 50 period moving average. B, up until they get above this breakdown candle high at 36.13, they're just going sideways, eating time off the clock, susceptible to another move lower. No change. I almost skipped over the folks down at the transportation department. Booted judge. Same to similar routine, but charts in a different position. Favorite canary in the coal mine, write that down, put it on a sticky note. This is your bogey. Up here, 15,000. Staying below 15,000, she's in a bearish formation. However, she can climb the last breakdown candle high or to the last breakdown candle high in the sequence, which would be to 15,000. She could also go sideways. She's hovering over the 50 period moving average. Bit of a no man's land situation. Most bearish below 14,650. They're above it on close today. We'll see what happens at the close of the week. Speaking of week, weekly chart, is this a pullback pattern into the 100 period moving average, maybe into the convergence of the 50 and 20 period moving averages? Look at the last big time break up candle in the sequence. All the way down here at these moving averages is the low. Are they just having one of those pullback patterns for another push higher one more time? Until they really break below these moving averages on the weekly chart, that's essentially what's going on. As long as they stay above this place, 14,000 and change, then she's technically okay from a transportation slash judge perspective. Let's start with the weekly chart of Smash Mouth and work back from there. Last breakup candle in the sequence, 
The low is down here at 232 and change. The low so far this week is 233.09. That's pretty close. That's somewhat of a test. We can use the 100 weekly moving average as the benchmark, as the bogey. Below, it's not as good as above, but they're eating time off the clock around it, which isn't necessarily bearish. And we don't have to call this bearish at all until or unless they get below the low of that last breakup candle, 232.19. Remember, from a daily chart perspective, we can also do this. Just draw a line across, breakout area. They've come back to retest the breakout area, and they bounced off of it looking at today's chart. It's pretty obvious. Daily chart, 20-period moving average is a bogey. Get back above that, and the trend is your friend, and there's technically nothing wrong with the tape on either of the charts. That's the way you read Smash Mouth. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.